Welcome everyone to the Big Footy Blues podcast. It's been quite a while since we've done one, um, so I apologise for that. My name is Shandog, and this week I'm joined by the Wookie. How you doing, mate? I'm fantastic. It's a pleasure to be here. It's like old times. Actually, you know, it's pretty funny. Of all the weeks to have uh, not been doing podcasts, we actually have been pretty pretty impressive over. Barring last week aside, where this so this is being recorded after we lost to Richmond, which has had a, a big fallout. Um, in the subsequent sort of days that I'm sure we'll get on to shortly. But um, the previous couple of weeks to that, we beat GWS and the Suns, and uh, things have been looking pretty rosy up until last week. And um, they were ideal, I reckon, to be doing podcasts. We've been up and about. I feel, like one of, I feel like one of those guys that's got onto the, like one of the footy shows after a loss. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't see a Carlton player on, like, game day or anything for months and then the day that you know Brendan Bolton appears on on the couch but the day after we have our first loss in three weeks I, I, I've that, always that, wondered that, how long they schedule those out you know and the whether how much luck sort of comes into just getting on a getting on a show when you've had a good one which would like plays a breathe a sigh of relief when they're like thanks Thank fuck we won last week. Oh, why would I come on this week? Notice everyone else is bailed. It's just you and I. Like, yeah, maybe we're know, the saddest. You know, ODN's not well or something, you know. <laughs> feeble old man that he is. Yeah, he told, he told us his head's falling off, basically. But, you know, I think yeah, that's no excuse. Uh, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Uh, look, either way, I think we, we've, uh, we've had a good run. I mean... It, these kind of lapses are going to be typical of uh, a developing side. I mean, as much as we wish they aren't, mm. but uh, it, it does. And, and, and as much as people express other emotions during game day when, you know, you wish people wouldn't do things and you get frustrated by them. Oh, and- I got so angry last week. The things that <laughs> the swears I posted online, I apologize for any younger people who would have read my posts. I was so mad. It's uh, it's it, 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 it's part and parcel. I mean, you, the emotion that you get caught up in in the game, just watching people miss shots or miss passes, or hear, hearing commentators refer to a perfect pass from someone that went four meters over some guy's head in the <laughs> How is that a perfect pass? Come on. Yeah, if he's barracking for the other team, it is. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it's just. But I mean, these 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 things are all. I mean, we were we were three players out for. Uh, a large part of the game, uh, well, before the game even started, mm. uh, whether forced or just uh, managed, player managing or whatever it is. And if it's player management, I can respect that. These guys are, for the most part, first-year or second-year players that uh, do need some management, otherwise they burn out. But, you know, and then we lose another player through thuggery early on in the game. Thuggery! I, I mean thuggery. I mean it was... And I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm going to get to that a bit later. <laughs> you got oh, I can feel it stored up, ready to unleash. I'm, I'm ready to bang on. It's, it's bang on the desk anger time. It's, yeah, I might like, clear some room for me to do it as well. Actually, <laughs> you know, it's 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 not going to be pleasant when that discussion comes around. But uh, look, we lost a player early. We were three players down that would have made the side uh, under normal circumstances, and the Tigers found a way to uh, negate the influence of Doherty and Simpson across the back line, and we just didn't have answers for that. Yeah, you're right. And that, that was one of my biggest frustrations was the way that... Uh, the thing that we've sort of come to see and expect from our team under Bolton now, you know, a year year and a half into his coaching and the rebuild, is that regardless of what sort of happens with the, the rest of the game, we're almost always, with the very rare odd exception, such as versus Port earlier in the year, um, we've always been able to have that good defensive structure and have a little bit of confidence when the opposition is, is keep going forward that, that at least players are going to be in a position to compete and make it difficult for them to score. But especially, there was periods in there where in the, in the, in the second and I think especially in the last quarter where they just seemed to walk through us and there was no one there, which that was, that was a source of my frustration. But someone else did point out as well, uh, apparently Plowman barely managed to finish the game. He hurt himself um, and 
uh, we saw on the injury reports during this week that Ed Kerno um, has a bruised larynx. I, I have no idea how he did that, but that must sting like a bitch, I reckon. Um, mm. So he would have been playing under a fair bit of duress as well. A um, little wonder that we didn't seem to really have any run towards the end of the game. I mean, we we were just lucky in the end that Richmond couldn't kick straight. Yeah, that's true. It I mean, could have been over well earlier. They got it well. They got it inside fifty so much. Their, their transition inside fifty was so much better than ours, mm. and yet they just could not kick straight. And we had no right being in that game with five minutes to go in the last quarter. Like we, we, we were just we were very very lucky. But then again, you've got your positives. Liam Jones had another good game. He did. I mean, yeah. The guy, the guys. I mean, if you guys haven't had a podcast for a couple of weeks, oh. I mean, you guys haven't talked about our, you know, the greatest. You know, we we talk about, you know, Jeff Southby and Bruce Dool and and and, and Stephen Sylvania and Peter Dean and and, and, and now, and, yeah, and 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 and, and Ben Sexton and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, the words Liam and Jones haven't been used in this podcast for quite some time, and we're coming very late to the party now because. Wowee. How about that for a change, eh? He's, he's been... Con- I mean, the guys that watched the VFL, he was were telling us he was being fairly consistent before he got the call-up and that he deserved mm. his call-up, and all of us were like, well, maybe maybe he does, but, you know, it's yeah. Liam Jones, you know, what can <laughs> do? Then he bursts onto the scene, demolishes Patton one week, then takes on... Um, Lynch and... Uh, Lynch, yeah, week, Lynch, yeah. And, uh, you know... And held his own against Jack Rewa. He didn't have a held, bad held, game held, at all, yeah. You know, the, the guy's come out like he's going to be the next fullback of the century. So, you know, Soss will be keeping an eye out on him. And, you know, it, it's his contract's up at the end of the year, which is, you know, I, I always have my doubts about players that appear and play like superstars in the in the second half of the season before when mm. their contract's up after, you know, Jared Waite's shenanigans. <laughs> I am quite gleefully noting he's injured at the moment. Uh, I should It shouldn't be that gleeful, but... It's Jared White, and he's a trader, so yeah, well, go chase true. money somewhere else, you little bitch. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> that sounds that should be a bumper sticker. That I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, he, you know, he, uh, he, he betrayed us and went for money and played like a superstar for like six weeks before he left. Betrayed us and the White name. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Carlton legend Vin White would be rolling over in his grave. Not, not that we're still you know, spinning like a Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, I'm not it, it, whatsoever. But these are the reasons players get booed. Yeah, legitimate yeah. reasons players get booed. Jared White should be booed incessantly. Anyway. I agree. I, if I ever managed to get to a game, I would boo him. I'd, yeah. I'd boo him anyway, even if I'm not at the game. And I just boo the TV. Why not? That's right. <laughs> I just see his name in the paper and I'm boom. <laughs> You'd be great on public transport. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pulling out the iPad. Boo. <laughs> boo you, Jared. Wait, boo you. Boo on you. And it'd be even better if people joined in too. That'd be fantastic. Um, no, you made, a, you made a good point about Jonesy though and, uh, and, and playing well at the end of a contract sort of thing. However, however, this is this isn't just playing well suddenly in his own position again. This is all new. You can basically I don't know. Is, do you reckon it's to the point where you can forget about the last what is it six years of his AFL career? Just ignore I, it. I don't think you can. I, I think you need a couple more weeks yet. But I mean the pro, the signs are definitely promising. He is definitely a, a he's got a lot more endeavour. He's a, attacking the football in a lot better way than he was uh, when he was playing as a forward. Mm. It makes me wonder how many how many guys get discarded uh, because they can't crack it as a forward or can't crack it in one position and they're not really given a crack. I mean, Liam Jones, he would be out of contract at the end of the year and probably would have been delisted if Sam Rowe hadn't been injured. Yeah, talk about fortune. That's, that's the thing. And, and uh, unfortunately for Rowe, he's also out of contract at the end of the year. Mm. And, uh, and uh, Alex Jones... Silvani's only—he's a, a rookie, so that's a year-to-year thing, isn't it? Yeah, and Alex Silvani's in there, but he's cheap to keep on the list. True. Yeah. Rowe, Rowe's like thirty or something now, so it's mm. not—you um, know—and he—he's prone to injury. So I don't know. I—I I don't think it looks good for Rowe at the moment. But Jones—he just—he's he, just got to keep doing what he's doing and. 
he'll he'll be kept for sure. Absolutely, but, yeah. I, th- I think where it comes to his value of whether or not he's going to get signed on for another year, I I think you you pretty much ignore everything uh, before he came in and started playing as a defender because it's pretty clear now that he's not a forward. He can't play forward at AFL level consistency consistently, and therefore he is not an AFL forward. What he can offer now, it looks like is that he can play as a defender. So if we're going to re-sign him, it's going to be on the basis of that. And, and I agree, he's going to want to have to put in a fairly consistent remain. We've only got like nine games left or something. So if he can play pretty consistently across those nine games, then I I don't doubt he'll get another contract. I, you know, how long is another question, but he'll be around next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other the other guy that's played a, a really good season to date, uh, uh, well, one of the others, is uh, Matthew Cruiser. Yeah, how good has that been? Finally. I mean, if he gets through the season unscathed, it'll be the first one ever, I think, that he's actually played through unscathed and in such good form. The guy's got to be in all Australian calculations. Well, that's the the thing, yeah. I mean, I think that just goes to show. Because he actually managed to play a fair few games last season. I think it was only really the start of the year from memory that he had a bit of an injury interruption and then sort of went on to play about 18 games or whatnot without bringing his stats up. So I think off the back of that and, and, you know, assumedly, having a, a decent preseason, he's come into this year and and just just tracked his way through the whole season, smashing blokes, getting clearances, bopping, uh, bobbing up for goals, competing well in the ruck. There's, there's got to be... He's got to be in the squad at the very least for the whole I'd be surprised if he's the leading candidate for the ruck at the moment. He yeah. is, and he's a bit lucky, I think, that um, a couple of his biggest competitors have had major injuries like Gorn and Nick Nat and uh, Goldstein's been out and you know that sort of thing. But, you know, you can... That, that's it, your box of fortune in footy, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, and he's got to be leading the race. Also, uh, Bryce Gibbs having a great season, um, and I, I, I was pretty... Um, I was, I was fairly roundly criticised at the end of last season for not being on the trading because he wants to go bandwagon. And I mm. like to think I'm vindicated by that. Screw you all. But, <laughs> well, I, th- I think uh, I think we have to wait and see, though, isn't it? Because I, I have a feeling he's just going to ask for another trade at the end of the year, and that seems to be the whispers as well. So um, say no. You know why? Because he's in form. He's still got three years to go, on, well, two years to go after this year on his contract. Why would you trade him? Yeah, but it depends on what we believe. I mean, these things are never done in isolation. If we've learned, if I've learned anything from what since when Sauce has come to be uh, managing the the list, is that trades are rarely done in isolation. It's always bigger picture stuff. Okay, if we trade Gibbs and we get this and this, then what are we going to be able to make of those picks or players? And uh, is it a net gain for us? And if so, then we'll do it. So, yeah, it's one of those things where, okay, yeah, Gibbsy might be playing great football. Um, we take into account his age and the fact that he wants to go, and we say, okay, you've got, you know, two to three years of really good football left. We might be able to get using Gibbs. You know, this is all just up in the air stuff. If it turns out that trading Gibbs to Adelaide means that we have the currency then to get Josh Kelly and still be in the first round, of the draft and still do all these other things we want to do, then you'd take that, wouldn't you? Because it's basically just turning taking a a thirty year or twenty eight year old Gibbs and turning it into a twenty one year old Gibbs and Kelly. And I'm not a big fan of chasing big name players from other clubs for money. That doesn't sit well with me. I, I don't like it. Mm. And uh, I would prefer to reward loyalty, and uh, especially if a player's informed, not just loyalty for the sake of you know having a guy play on the reserves for 10 years. And then, you know, yeah. I'm talking about a guy that is playing very good football, um, has demonstrated commitment to the club. Um, I, I I think you don't let those guys go unless you really... Have. I've seen people wanting to trade Murphy for crying out loud. Yeah, and, and, gonna, that's a know, bit over the top. You know, I, I, I can't. I mean, he's, he's another one having a good year as well. Um, I just don't... I, I don't... I believe there's still got to be room for loyalty in the game to your players and to your club. And I I, I mean, I'm old-fashioned in that regard, though, so, you know... Well, how does that work, though, if he asks if he asks for trade, though? But why would we let him go? He's contracted to us. Yeah, fair enough. Well, without... I mean, with, yeah, we've I seen don't... this year that he can play... as a, like, That he can be a professional about his sport. And True. I think he's, when he asks for a trade, he's like, well, it would be nice if I could go. It's not, I have to go or I'm going to walk out of my contract type negotiations. 
it's well, more obviously of, not because that's not, it didn't happen. Yeah, it's more of a well. I'd like to go if it can be done, but if it can't be, I'm still here. I'm still putting in for the team, and he's done that this year. So I, I can't I can't argue with that. Mm. Um, Fair enough. The other, the other player that's uh, impressing me at the moment is uh, Jack Silvani. Yeah, um, he, his his development has been pretty. I think a really steady linear sort of um, week to week thing. You can just see him getting a little bit more confident having a little bit more impact, um, getting a little bit more involved every single game. And, and I think it's... Yeah, he's definitely looking like someone who's going to be there long-term for me. Well, he's, do, he's doing what I think he's supposed to do. He's kicking a goal or two a game. Mm. He's uh, He's been playing further up the field lately. He's not yeah. just sticking forward line. So, I mean, he's laying some tackles. I mean, he's he's doing some things. He's, he's where he's supposed to be. He's finding opportunities. I still wish he'd take more shots for goal inside 50 rather than palming them off, but... That seems to be something that's plaguing the whole team of late. And his goal kicking hasn't been great to be to be sort of balanced and, and unbiased. He's, he's, yeah. His shot for go- his kicking for goal has been ordinary, mm. so um, you can sort of see why he's been trying to pass them off a little bit. However, um, I did, did see. I'm not sure if you would have seen this um, from one of our resident in the no posters. He's he's been carrying a pretty um, somewhat sort of serious shoulder injury, and he's he's set for surgery at the end of the year. Unless he sort of it gets worse during the year, in which case we'll just put him on ice and do it then. So it does maybe explain a little bit of uh, uh, his issues. Yeah, I'll I tell you who excites me at the moment. Um, well, some news I was excited to see today was uh, Kieran Sheehan has been named oh, in, in the squad. Absolutely awesome. I, you know, even if he doesn't work out for him, um, I'm just so happy to see him get his opportunity. To come yeah. back into the team, so I got a soft spot. You know, we're, hey, we're Australian. Most of us love the underdog story, so <laughs> I'm keen to see yeah. how he goes. I want him to do well. He's had such a bad run with injury, and yeah. I mean, I think he's played like one game in the three years he's he's been here for. So it's um, <laughs> it's 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 a good uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm glad he's getting a game. I see. Uh, Burns also named as an emergency along with Mackay and Paulson, so they can't be too far away from senior debuts either. I think um, we're going to have, I, I, like you said, it, it's about them getting the opportunity, and I'm glad to see them. How about uh, Cunningham, though? Yeah, he's, he's a bit, um, I think people's concerns about him were probably well-founded to begin with because he seemed like a really slow starter, but... Um, the guy has got. I've seen him in person at um, when when Carlton came over to train at Adelaide before the Port game, which we will not talk about any further. Um, <laughs> the guy, the guy is solid. He's a young guy, but he is uh, his body is is um, is is hardened. You know what I mean? Uh, he can he can do his business in the middle with contested ball, and he has that pace um, and, and decent skills as well. That if his mindset is right and he's coached well, he's going to be a player. And I think that's what we've, we've been starting to see this year is that he gets that self confidence. He's getting uh, more and more experience, and that's translating into him playing AFL football and doing and not just not just sort of sitting there on the fringe of the team. But we we missed him last week. We missed him and Fisher and some of those guys against Richmond who really put pressure on and run hard. Um, so I, I think he's going to be an asset going forward, and, and kudos to him. I think he's one of the the guys who's re-signed recently, we've had a number of the younger guys re-sign for um, a couple of years at least, and some of them for three years, which is really exciting. Um, so, yeah, I hope he gets a good opportunity to finish the season quite strongly as well, because that'll be great for his confidence going forward. The other guy that's uh, impressing me up forward, while I'm just running through the whole, you know, player thing, uh, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, everyone is impressing me. Now, Charlie Curnow, up, up forward, is starting to come into his own, I think, as a marking target. Um, and the goalkeeping forward. I mean, he's chipping in as well up forward. I think we're starting to get uh, some good uh, movement uh, through him down there. I tell you what, when he when he gets up there and takes a mark, I get some movement down in my pants. Um, he's, he's he's got a nice leap and good hands, and uh, he's really he's shown it a lot more consistently lately, which is brilliant. I think he's. You reckon he might get a, a rising star nod? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Right. I think the record for a year is eight that GWS had. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to touch that again. But uh, we got four already, and there's still eight weeks to go of footy. So, mm. you know, 
it's a it's an interesting uh it's an interesting year i mean we, we normally don't get these rising star nominations it's something of an in joke on the carton board i think that uh we react with surprise when our players get these sort of awards so yeah, uh, and we we don't win them either. Even if we do get the nomination, we go Grips and Weedering both picked at the post. Dale Thomas, I mean, he, he's he's playing okay at the moment. Does he get a contract extension though? Well, it's a good question. I think it really comes down to um, how many people we 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 think we want to take in the draft and what's available on the trade table mm. compared to. You know how many people we want to then cut off the list, because if if you if you rank them, in, I guess if you if the club were to rank the players in order of um you know the, the people that we wanted to cut from you know being fringe to yeah you're you're dead set gone we don't want you at the club you know thanks for your services and and you're out he'd have to be up near the top somewhere because he is playing decent footy he is experienced um I think if we're looking at making up to ten changes in the off season. Then his his position's in doubt. But um, if it works out that we don't take quite that many, and we, we we go to the draft, we take four or five in the draft. We only trade in two or three, and you know lose the same sort of thing from trading. Then the, he might end up uh, getting another year, and that wouldn't be a horrible thing. Um, he's actually he's actually playing good footy, as you said. So yeah, could could be, could, be, could have worse players running around. Um, in, in the in the AFL team for us while we've got young guys on the field and we could definitely have worse players running around in the VFL steadying the ship there because it's, it, it's it, having a good seconds is extremely important for the development of your club overall. So, um, I'll mention that in his thing on, on the couch yeah. saying how the seconds have improved out of sight. That's right. So, the, the other player I wanted to mention before we wrap this part up was uh, Caleb Marchbank. He's been solid, hasn't he? Well, something of a revelation for us down across half back there. Um, so, you know, not 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 all of these players that have come from GWS have been superstars. No, uh, no. you know, some some have uh, already gone. You know, Wiley and mm. some probably go at the end of the year. Um, but some of them have been pretty good for us. Absolutely. Um, We're, from that GWS crop, so it's 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 been a mixed batch, but for the most part, we've benefited hugely. Speaking of that um, particular batch that we got um, uh, from GWS, that the GWS four <laughs> a couple of years ago, um, Plowman has been another one. I think he gets a little, he cops a little bit of flack on the boards and from supporters every now and again um, because he's that medium medium tall defender who gets played on. He often has to try and pick up the the smaller guy, and then isn't also big enough to take on the the big dogs. So he kind of, if he gets caught out against an opponent that he's not really matched for size, and I think he's the one who struggles the most out of all of them. Mm-hmm. However, I think he's he's clearly a skillful guy. He's a, he's a quality footballer. I think he's he's a great part of our backline. He won't be going anywhere. Um, but the other three from that trade. Phillips, unfortunately, we've just found out um, he's been put on the long-term injury list, which is why Sheehan can get a run. Um, but he has re-signed with the club, so that's I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of people knock him a little bit as well. Not sure where he sort of comes into it, but I can see some... Um, he's a good ruck. I, yeah. I like him as a ruckman. He, he doesn't seem to offer much else, but um, that mm. can be worked on. When he's on, especially, and you can see it at VFL level, and it's one thing to do with it. It's like... It, it, Playing well in VFL is kind of like the old school Formula One, where it's like it's, it's one thing to catch the guy in front of you, it's another thing entirely to pass him, and that's what it's like sort of taking that from VFL to AFL level. Um, but around the grounds of VFL, he does quite well. He takes marks, he kicks goals, he gets forward, he gets back, he does all those things. Um, so I think I think it's there, and if we persist, it, it might, it'll work out pretty well. I think the chances are. Um, but the other two, the other two are a really big, big question, and this will probably lead on to, to uh, recent tribunal things as well. Um, Sumner gets another gig this week, which is good because I, I can, you know, maybe I'm being too soft in my old age, but I, I, I like the look of him as well as a player. I think he can really offer something if he's in form. So I'm keen to have a look at him again this week. But I Lamb is the other one. Um, sorry? Sumner I could take or leave. Yeah. He's, he's not... He he's not impressing in terms of 
noticeably impressing if you like he's if he's going out there he's doing the same kind of job you know, he's doing that utility work mm. but not doing anything outstanding if you like to really draw any attention to himself i i could take or leave him at the moment to be honest it's um i'd put him on the i'd, I'd see if we could get anything in foreign trade yeah, but you might be right there. What I, what I think was really important when we played against GWS, and again, I think again against Gold Coast, although I'd have to go back and have a look, was we had both Sumner and Lamb, at least for the, the, the GWS game, in our forward line. And the forward pressure that we had there was was probably the best that I can remember the whole season. Even if, even if it didn't translate into, like, you know, statistics for tackles in the forward 50 and whatnot, but the, them, them running around there and pressuring the ball carrier really had a big influence on how well we were, we were able to um, then then ruin GWS's ball movement going from defence to, to their forward 50. And and since one of those has come out and in, in and out of the team for whatever reason, be that injury or being dropped, um, that's an area that we've severely lacked again. So I'm a big, big advocate of having both of them in the forward line there as, as small forwards putting that pressure on, but it just they can't get any continuity. Which which kind of brings me to the next point here, which uh feel free to wind up with your with your uh your, your driver and, and go off and take I'm, a take I'm a step. <laughs> so last week against Richmond, um Basha Hooli uh so, sorry, Saint Basha Hooli uh of the uh the, the great Dalai Lama's greatest friend and, and all round yeah. great bloke, uh heinously, heinously smashed Jed Lamb in the jaw from a, uh, a quite a violently thrown elbow to the face, uh, knocking Jed Lamb out before he even hit the ground. He was just a, he was ragdoll, um, which has caused Jed Lamb to miss this game as well. And as you're probably all aware, uh, he got two weeks initially, which was quite frankly unbelievable. Two weeks from uh, from the sent directly to the tribunal and got got given two weeks for that. Jed Lamb missed two weeks. He missed the game that he played because it was in the first 10 minutes, basically. And he's been ruled out of this week from concussion. So, rightfully, the AFL has, for the first time ever, done the right thing, and they've actually appealed. And he has now been handed a four-week sentence, which is far more appropriate. But, uh, honestly, you can't say that four weeks is inappropriate. Can you? You'd say that that's about the right right sort of... Four weeks is about what everyone expected it was yeah. going to go for. Like, it, it, the instant response of everyone across the football community that wasn't a Richmond supporter was, Ooh, that's, that's three or four, four yeah. Weeks. yeah. And he might get three down for good behaviour. What exactly. no one expected was that, you know, Malcolm Turnbull <laughs> was going to do a presentation that day that to bash Ahuli that was going to get used in the tribunal thing in the tribunal hearing as if Malcolm Turnbull was his mate mm. no one expected you know gold Logie winner and humanitarian of the year Walid Ali to come out and basically give him a reference for being a top bloke like it fucking matters <laughs> the guy yeah. hit, the guy turned around had a look at the guy chasing him and then punched him full on in the side for, you know, so far off the ball that I thought the ball was actually at Eddie had. <laughs> like, who, who can, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it came down, well, you know, he's a good Muslim, he would never do this sort of thing normally, and, you know, um, don't, don't, you know, don't think of him too harshly because, you know, he does a lot of community work. You know, which yes. makes me wonder, how many more games would David Reese jones have played if, you know, Alf from Neighbours had got up, <laughs> uh, you know, come, come down from come down from the beach store or wherever he frickin' works, come down, come down and go, all right, look, mate, don't, 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 don't penalise him too much. He's a top bloke off the field. He, uh, you know, he, he recycles. Stone he's the flaming crows, you know. You know take it easy. Don't be a galah, <laughs> you know. What, 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 if, what, if, what if Barry Hall... Had used had got a reference from freaking Julia Gillard. Yeah, well, as a dog supporter, she was an actual supporter of the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> you know, number one ticket holder down. They had written in a reference. He got look. I know, I know, he full on belted. You know, people and you know, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a top bloke. You know, helps the old ladies across the street. You know, donates to the salvos. You know, 
You know, I've seen a couple of people claim, uh, I thought it was hilarious, that, that getting character references from from Malcolm Turnbull and Wally Dully, it should actually add weeks on your sentence anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should get extra penalties for trying to con the tribunal. Right? Well, well, and the tribunal fact even thought that it was appropriate to go, well, you know, he belted some guy on the field, but these guys reckon he's a top bloke off the field. Who cares? You know, I understand that they use that argument. Like, I fully understand. Because, I mean, that the tribunal is set up to be sort of, you know, an imitation court. It's not a real court. No. Um, but it's set up to work in that similar way. And it's I, th- I believe it's to their discretion to be able to use character references and all that sort of stuff at the tribunal, right? So, for them to try it on, you, that's what you... If I was being defended for something similar, I would expect my... Uh, my legal counsel to do the same sort of thing. You, you use the system to try and get the best outcome for you. That's what it's for. Right. Yeah, what that, celebrities do you know that are going to come to your defence in the tribunal? Um, do you know I, anyone? I, 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 shared a, I shared a joke with Limo once. He was all right. I don't <laughs> think he remembers me that. that. <laughs> uh, any other celebrities? No, uh, no, not really, actually. I really should get them. I wish we should need them more celebrities. I saw Bruce McAvaney once. He came into my hotel, oddly enough. Really? Uh, I wouldn't say he'd give me a character. Well, I know him as well as Bashar Hooli knows Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, see, this is the thing that really gets me like, uh, about this, this uh, outcome of, of the AFL tribunal, the appeals tribunal, um, giving Bashar Hooli four weeks for the hit, right? Overturning the original decision, giving it four weeks, right? The, some ri- the, the Richmond supporters out there and the fringe element of other people who are just batshit insane are jumping on and saying, oh, the AFL is corrupt. How could, what a kangaroo court. That's absolute rubbish. Of course they were going to do that. You know, this is a farce. The, the tribunal is a joke and blah, blah, blah. It's like, hang on a second, mate. Two days ago, you were perfectly fucking happy to accept a bullshit two weeks that was given by an AFL body as well. They're like, oh, the AFL, this is the AFL. The AFL gave him the two weeks to start with, you fuckwit. Right? That's all part of the AFL. And now they've turned around and they've said, oh, no, hang on, we got that grossly wrong because someone finally had a backbone within the AFL executive and said, no, let's let's have another look at this because, honestly, all he could have done, the, 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 the AFL... Um, legal rep could have walked into the, AF, the the appeals tribunal and and simply said, "Who gives a fuck what he does outside of the field?" He smacked a guy and knocked him out, and he's, the guy's missing two weeks. Well, my understanding is that's pretty much what they did. They walked in and went, "Well, the references shouldn't matter." Yeah, you give, you give two weeks for a normal hit. This is off the ball as far as we're concerned. I mean, the AFL tribunal originally tried to say it was in play, which is uh, what they reasoned with Barry Hall as well uh, in the Brett Staker incident, I think. Oh, yeah. That's a murky uh, one. And you know, because basically he was running forward for a hand pass. Yeah. Nowhere near the ball itself. So it they've got to redefine that what's in play and what's not, because he was it is, not yeah. in, he was it's, nowhere it's a, in the ball. And the definition was always, this is off the ball, not whether it's in play. The tribunal tried to change that. And I think what this decision does is it says, well, hang on. No, you can't just belt a play. <laughs> no. <laughs> Believe it or not, and it's not like he was just swinging his arms around recklessly. He looked, he turned, looked. He, you see in the vision, he looks behind him, and then clubs him. Yeah, look, so, I, I'm willing to concede that I don't think Basher Huli, when he did that, was necessarily. You know, you think about these things before you do them, right? This would be really interesting to hear from a sports scientist that who they study. You know, the thought process in the brain before the actions occur and stuff like that, right? He was getting scragged a little bit by Lamb, right? To be expected. I reckon he probably went, I'm gonna, I've done this a million times before. I'm going to whack an arm out the way or I'm going to throw something here to get him off me, get separation so I can go. No problem with that, right? That's what you'd expect. But in that split second when he, did, he made the decision to do that, as he went to do it, he looked around and, and probably without even conscious thought, it's, it's like a process that happens below the surface He's said he's he's gone high. He's thrown the uh, the elbow back high. Like it, there's no ch- no way he did it by accident. He's made that decision in a semi-conscious manner to <laughs> render Lamb unconscious. Right? He did it, yeah, no yeah. doubt. And and I, he'd immediately feel, I'm sure, because he's such a great guy. He's oh, like, yeah. oh fuck, I just I did that. Yeah, that happened. And the ironic thing is he came out of the tribunal, the appeals tribunal, and said, um, you know, one of the first things he said was, 
you know, my, my thoughts are with, you know, Jed Lamb. I hope he recovers and stuff. I accept the decision. We move on sort of thing. Ironically, he's the only person associated with the Richmond Football Club who fucking gets it. And he's the one who did it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't begrudge him from trying to use the references. I do begrudge the fact that they were used as justification for him yeah. to get off. That's that's what the problem is for me. You can use all the references you like, but references about your on off field activity should not play a part yeah. in what you've done on field. Doesn't it, matter for just, shit. Yeah, it, it's like if I'm a charity worker normally, but I kill someone. <laughs> you're still uh, a, you're still the, a murderer. I'm still a murderer. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying Basho who he should be equated to a murderer. No, nah, um, I am disappointed that uh, his religion was used as part of his defence. Yeah, that's opening up a can of worms. It's just I, stupid. It's just a stupid thing to do. Especially when that when that reference was used as a uh, means by the AFL to say uh, by the original tribunal hearing to lessen his sentence. I don't, yeah, you don't want that can of worms open. I mean, that that just it opens up a world of pain in the future, and I, I, don't, I think that was poorly thought out. It was done because it was a politically motivated thing, right? Um, to, to ask Walid Ali, who does split people based on their worldviews, right, um, to, to, be, to be the character, he could have gotten any, I'm sure there are many other TV personalities that they have, they all have connections to the club and see the club all the time. Mm. He could have asked any of them, but being, I'm, I'm assuming being a, a Muslim guy himself has probably a, got a slight, and a Richmond supporter, he, he probably has a, a closer connection with, with Huli in particular, and therefore they've made a bad decision to go down that path and ask him for a character reference because, of course, Waleed Ali uses. Uh, elements of political slant on that being references to um, his religion, and and that's where it explodes. Like it was, it was just completely unnecessary. Who cares what his religion is? Who cares what any other player's religion is? You're supposed to be assessing what happened on the field. I think anyway. my favourite part though is that his uh, all of his referees, except for Malcolm Turnbull, <laughs> which wasn't a, it wasn't a what was it, it wasn't, wasn't a wasn't uh, an consenting. Just, yeah, it was just it was like reading the blurb off your biography from someone who's read the book and <laughs> the reference, you know. Like, but uh, my favourite part is his referees. Like, they're not exactly unbiased, are they? Like, no. Wally Dali is a known Richmond supporter. Mark Williams is an assistant Richmond coach. Oh, um, you know, there's a vested interest in trying to get this guy off here. That's he's 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 off he's off field references. Not exactly. Uh, mm. But, you know, what can you do? So, Had plenty to go with for on-field references. You know, he's played 130 games or whatnot. Barely had an issue with tribunals yeah. and whatnot. He's considered a fair player. Should have just stuck with that. That that should have been it. That should probably would have gone, gotten him uh, three weeks. And never that would have been right. Anyone, yeah, never hit anyone on the field before. First defence. Hmm. Won't do it again. He expresses regret. He's apologised to the player. And that should have got him four down to three. Yeah, and now he's now they've gone the stupid option gave him two appeals happened and it's gone up to four. It's probably cost him a week. It should have gone to six. That's where it should, he should have got six weeks in the end just for being stupid. <laughs> and and just to tick off Richmond support, Neil Busy would never have put up with this crap at the tribunal. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Neil Busy. No, no, I don't. He, he was the, he was head of the AFL tribunal up until 1997. He, he ran it for like 19 years. Yeah, right. And he could never have put up with this rubbish. <laughs> this, like everything else in football, we've become soft, and the tribunal reflects it, and the game is reflecting it, and Waleed Ali reflects it. <laughs> Malcolm Turnbull is soft anyway. So <laughs> honestly, right. what a society become. We are a soft society. We are, particularly around and, my belly. You know, it does. It doesn't impress me at all. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, why don't we just really quickly touch on um, uh, the upcoming game before we cut it away? Um, Going to be. Oh, it's a dangerous one because we're coming off a loss, and so is Adelaide. We're playing them at the MCG, I believe. Let me check. Yeah, yeah MCG. That, uh, nice time as well. Two in the afternoon on a Saturday. Yeah, it's a nice spot. I wish I could be there. Um, 
And uh, well, there's been a massive amount of changes. Uh, Adelaide had a bit of a shock loss to, to Hawthorne last week, and of course we went down to Richmond. So we've got them on the rebound, um, and we've also got um, some injury issues, and we're really sort of having to start plugging in fringe players because we've got uh, Sam Kerridge coming in. Mm. Liam Sumner comes back in as well. Uh, Simon White is named on the ground. That'll, um, that'll, that'll set the pigeons... Uh... Yeah, it's already he's already. Not, he's not the most popular man on the big footy uh, Carlton board, Simon White. I, I don't no. know why, but he, he's he's, he's a journeyman. He um, you well, know, of course he is. Uh, he, he has, I think he has more better games than he has worse games. Um, he's the future of the club, but I think he's he's solid. Yeah, look, in times it's like a break glass in case of emergency sort of thing, right. and it seems to be the case at the moment. So. So he's in. Um, yeah, I mean, who would have once thought that we'd, we'd look across our back line, our back six here, and we see Liam Jones and Simon White in there, and we go, actually, our back six doesn't look too bad. <laughs> it's got Plowman, Simpson, Weedering, Duffy in it. Caleb Marchbank's named on a wing. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, look, uh, look, it's going to be interesting. They've uh, they've had to drop Tom Lynch, which uh, and Andy Otten has come out of the, the Crows side, which makes their forward line probably a little bit easier to handle in terms of the talls. Um, Charlie Cameron's also out, so that's one of their small forwards that is very dangerous. But, of course, well, with, with uh, the Crows, they've still got Jenkins up there, Taylor Walker, Eddie Betts, of course. And um, they're going to have people going through it all the time. Uh, it's going to make them very, very dangerous. If our defence, I reckon, if we can manage to keep them under a hundred points, it's a big, uh, big win for us, regardless of what happens. Betts has been out of form lately. He so has he, a little, yeah, but of course he turned it on against us. He's going to kick like fifteen against us, <laughs> record or something. So yeah. I think that it was interesting. I mean, we've lost Kerno with his larynx. We've lost. Uh, Lamb with his concussion, but um, Smets, Lamb, and Bocorse, uh, sorry, Bet, uh, Smets, Bocorse, and Pickett have all just been omitted. Yeah, I thought Pickett would um, get another week. I thought Pickett's a bit, uh, yeah, a bit rough, mm. but um, I mean, interesting, and Petrovsky Seaton is actually listed as being managed. It did look like he's uh, carrying something. Because uh, he, he just, he, he didn't look the same player he did from as, uh, you know, say rounds three or four at the start of the year where he was really starting to hit his stride. Um, he just wasn't getting anywhere near it. He must be carrying something. So well, he needs a rest. I mean, he's under yeah. the microscope. He's expected to do things and, you know, mm-hmm. just needs to go back to the VFL for some coaching. Yeah, but the uh, the, the really positive thing that, I, that I'm quite happy about, Cunningham back in, as you were talking about before, Fisher, and uh, we get to see Kieran Sheehan. So... I think I, even if, uh, regardless of the result of this game, I think it's it's well worth watching closely just to watch these young guys, including another whipping boy who I'm quite a big fan of is Nick Graham. So he's held mm. his spot from last week as well. He didn't have a terrible game, although people were riding him a little bit. I thought he was just average. Um, he's kept his spot, and um, I think he plays well on the MCG compared to Eddie Head, where the MCG is a bit bigger. I think it plays to his strengths particularly in the second half of the game where it's more about gut running and footy smarts and getting to the right places. Because he's not, he's not a quick player, but he runs a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think the midfield here, we'll be able to at least break even with the Crows on a good day with, uh, you know, Cripps and uh, Gibbs, Murphy, um, Kerridge in there probably doing a stopping role on someone like Sloan against his old team. And, uh, yeah, Cunningham, Fisher going through. Um, and even cameos from people like Liam Sumner, Matthew Wright, again, also against his old team. So, you know, I think I think we could be in this one. They're away from home. They're coming off a loss. We're coming off a loss. We want to hit back hard at home. Well, it's the MCG, too. And we do play reasonably well. Our record against Adelaide at the MCG of late hasn't been that bad, I don't think, either. So yeah, we seem to go. It's... Okay. Uh, it's hit and miss. We tend to lose at Eddie had, I think, to Adelaide. Mm. Not so much at the MCG. So it's um, yeah, it, it's shaping up to be a good game. It's at a good time. It's you know at a good stadium. If you're in it, if you're in Melbourne, you should get down there. It's the complete um, opposite to last week. I think really it was uh, we, we had some 
a rubbish time, rubbish build-up with players sort of out and, and issues and, and things like that. That they just, I don't know, it didn't feel good going into last week. Feel good going into this week, though. Mm. So, yeah. I think, uh, I think we're, yeah. I don't know, what do you, do you reckon, you reckon we're going to stick close enough to them to, to maybe pinch a win? Oh, we've got to, look, if it's a close game, I'm hoping for a close game. I don't, the win is not as important as being competitive. True. Um, I mean, I mean, we live in Adelaide, both of us, and so a win against Adelaide is is good for our morale. Oh hell yeah! On a personal and social level. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, just being competitive from from a from a long term you know view of the club, just being competitive is is what I'm really after, mm. especially against uh, a, a you know second rate second high uh, Adelaide who are second on the ladder. So. As long as we're competitive, I'll, I'll be happy. If we win, I'll be even happier. But uh, being competitive is just as important. I'd love to see Gibbs have a massive game. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you love him to come out and kick a couple of goals and have 40 possessions? and Match smash winner the after the siren or something. That'd be oh, great. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would be a truly awesome. I'd also you know, like to see Richmond get smashed this weekend for no reason, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. We got we got Box Hill in the reserves this weekend too. We beat them last time we played, didn't we? Mm, I don't know. I actually. think that I think that was the uh, the game that oh, no, I'm not confused. I thought that was the one where we had a player. Um, they did a very similar thing to Hooley and actually broke Glass McCasker's jaw. Or was that a different club? I'm um, not too I sure. Don't know. We have, we've that... actually had um, a fair few of our games streamed online. Um, in the Northern Blues, which has been quite nice because I've been able to watch them. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I've kept many to do highlights packages for them, but I haven't quite got around for that yet. That would be quite tough. 15 Blues players in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the reserves this weekend, so it might be worth getting down if you want to have a look at, like, Glass McCaskill while he's still at the club, McCready, <laughs> Patrick Kerr, Harry Mackay, he's got to be close to getting a, getting a gig this year, the way well, we're going through young people. Yeah, named as the emerging. I'm sure he's going to get a, a run of a two or three games before the end of the season. He's named as the, uh, this is the second or third time he's been named as an emergency for the AFL side, so he's not far away. Well, I hope so. Uh, Matt Korchek, who I keep hoping will actually happen in the, in the senior game at some point, <laughs> he's, he's the international uh, rookie that we've got there from the US. He's actually going to be... He's the only other Ruckman we have beside Cruiser at the moment, mm. like a specialist Ruckman. So Fit, yeah. um, hopefully we'll get to see him at some point as well. But he gets his chance to shine for the next couple of weeks with uh, Phillips out injured. So that game's on Sunday. Not to mention Cam Paulson, who's also an emergency for, uh, for the uh, AFL team. But he's one to watch as well, I think. Next year is going to be more his, his go, I think. Um, but uh, very keen to see how he turns out because he's got all the attributes, I think, to be a really good um, sort of nimble, small midfielder. Mm. Andrew, Andrew Gallucci is one I would have liked to have seen more of at senior level. He uh, he, did, he had such a promising pre-season last year mm. but um, didn't, didn't really come into the calculation after that for some reason so he's had pretty regular injury issues that have set him back for a few weeks at a time as i mean well you know one uh, full season in the end last year basically and um this year he had a couple of little issues as well i think he's only played three or four vfl matches in total um so it's not really surprising we haven't seen him in the club yet uh, but yeah so lots to look forward to there Particularly with these young guys that we got playing against the Crows, and yeah, I think I think we're going to um, keep it competitive at the very least, which is uh, I think all we can ask for at this stage. I just want to see that defence and midfield linking up a lot better, um, not letting that Richmond moseying down the field with kick and pass and kicking and handballing all the way down the field for an easy goal anymore. Well, then I'll be happy. I hope there's a plan beyond that one that we've had all year, where which relies on. Uh, uh, Doherty and Simpson being loose in the back line because if, if clubs have worked that out like Richmond did on the weekend, we're in for a tough year. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that they worked it out as such. I think our midfield just did not do their job in actually um, moving in transition from going forward to defence. They were allowed they allowed um, Richmond to get out on the wing 
and just run the ball freely and then cut the ball into the centre a lot as well and hit unmarked people. That's not the that's not the back sixes issue. That's not Doherty and Simpson's issue. That's the midfield. Um, also, just quickly before we wrap up, um, the AFL, just AFL women's news for our our players. Um, Vessio had a good game on the weekend, apparently, uh, playing for Derbyn in their third win of the season. Uh, Lauren Arnell kicked four goals, I think, uh, somewhere between two and four goals. I'm not sure exactly which the article's not really clear on it. Maybe she appealed the two and got four. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor Harris is apparently not in Melbourne yet, but uh, evidently she'll be here end of July and she'll be playing for St Kilda, I believe. Um, There's some fun shenanigans going on there that you can hear on the women's podcast at some point. But, uh, yeah, some of our women players doing pretty well uh, bit of cross promotion as well for your uh, the podcast you do for the women's uh, competition. Uh, podcast here, podcast there, everywhere. Oh, podcast everywhere. <laughs> all right, well, I'm I think we're all podcasting. podcasting. Well, I'm just podcasting everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgy podcasts are us. That's just like just like knots. If you can't tie knots, you tie lots. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Luke Darcy of big footy. That's what I am. Dodgy <laughs> stuff everywhere. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a fun conversation. Cheers for that, Wookie. No, no problem. I, I just wish that other people were here to uh, also express their love and commitment of the Blues. And I'm, I'm afraid if others can't be as uh, good as supporters as we are, Shandog, and you know, demonstrate that, then um, you know what, you know what good are they? But I will, I will say that it's nice that uh, I just get to say my stupid thoughts and no one corrects me on them. And points out points out that what I'm saying is completely dumb. So that's think, also a positive. I think Bigfooty has established time and time again that I know nothing about football, so I'm not yep. likely to correct you on anything. So there you go. Everyone in the comments uh, or the, the, on, on the boards when I post this up, feel free to tell me exactly all the things that I was incorrect about, timestamped and all that sort of stuff, because I've missed uh, having some other podcasters here to do it for me. So right. <laughs> right, we probably swore less this week, so... <laughs> I don't know, actually. I think that Bachelorette thing is costing us a lot in sense. Oh, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week and uh, go Blues. Go Blues. <laughs>